Where are the nine? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As in last week, today's Gospel also teaches a Samaritan whom we should imitate. The Gospel tells about ten lepers who were healed by Jesus, but of whom only one returned to thank him. I once talked with Bishop Dolan about this passage, and uh, we agreed that it is kind of a sad gospel, because out of ten people, only one returned to express his gratitude to Jesus. Bishop Dolan also told me that after he and other eight priests left the Society of St. Pius X, those remaining in that group probably also asked the question, where are the nine? But we owe our gratitude to these nine priests, and we should pray for them, both for the living and the dead. This event of the Gospel, it took place near the end of our Lord's life on earth. As Jesus was on his journey to Jerusalem, where he would be put to death and approached the outskirts of an unnamed town, he encountered ten lepers. These poor, shunned souls, they lifted up their voices, crying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Upon seeing them, Jesus did not, little surprisingly, heal them immediately. But instead, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. In ancient days, it was the priests who decided whether a man had been cured of leprosy. So the ten lepers went off obediently and long before reaching their destination, they were all cured of their disease. But upon realizing that he had been restored to health, one of the lepers, who was a Samaritan, hastened back to Jesus. He was convinced that before presenting himself to the priest, he should first give thanks to Jesus, through whom he was cured. So this Samaritan pushed his way through the crowd and threw himself on the ground before Jesus. And you should note that to cast oneself upon the ground before another was a sign of great respect and honor and it was ordinarily reserved only to God. Upon seeing this gratitude of the Samaritan, Jesus made the question, Were not ten made clean? And where are the nine? There is no one found to return and give glory to God but this stranger. These words give us an eternal lesson 
of gratitude to our benefactors and also the importance of keeping the fourth commandment. It might seem, seem surprising that Jesus, who sent these ten men to the priests, seems now pleased with the one man who did not carry out his order. But he wanted to teach us the proper attitude we must have to God and our parents and our benefactors for the benefits received. This Samaritan, he couldn't believe his good fortune and this huge blessing he had received. He felt himself unworthy of being healed, but he was eternally grateful for it. So grateful, in fact, that he had to say so at once. The journey to the priests could wait. The other nine men, on the other hand, they may have thought upon noticing that they were cured, that they had best see the priest at once. Gratitude to their benefactor could wait. The only thing is that by the time they had received their certificates of health from the priests at Jerusalem, it would have been almost impossible to find and to thank their benefactor, who, unlike the birds of the air which had nests and the foxes which had lairs, had nowhere to lay his head. Jesus wanted to be thanked, and he was, humanly speaking, hurt when he was not. Gratitude to our earthly benefactors is one thing, but Jesus, as God, was able to reward the soul, too. And for his gratitude, the Samaritan, still prostrated on the ground, got to hear these words, Arise, go thy way, for thy faith hath made thee whole. He was therefore cured, not in body only, but in soul, too. Gratitude is truly a beautiful virtue, and among all the creation, it is proper only to angels and men. It is also, unfortunately, a rare virtue, and I would say that a sincere and unconditional childlike gratitude is even more rare virtue than purity. When one commits sins of impurity, it's impossible to ignore it. But ingratitude, like in the case of the nine men of the Gospel, is so easy to do that often we don't even think about it. One young man who recently moved away from his home asked me to give him some advice and I told him, besides, of course, to be faithful to his prayers to Mary, especially the rosary, also to stay in contact 
with his mother and his father out of gratitude for everything they have done to him. Gratitude to your parents and other benefactors is not only quite rare, but it is also the easiest virtue to perform. It consists of a grateful heart expressed by some little external sign, for example, words of thank you. That's why everyone, even the youngest and the poorest, are capable of gratitude. You know that when children are little, they show so much attention to you. They kiss you, give you little drawings and notes, and so on. They do this out of pure and unconditional love, which they so sincerely want to show to you. But quite often, when they get older and start to have their own life, the parents are left a little bit in the background. Parents sometimes complain that the more they do for their children, the less thanks they get. It's not really that the children mean to be ungrateful. Of course, they do appreciate and they do love their parents and will never forget their sacrifices. But so often they get so busy. And being busy is always a perfect excuse to ignore someone because everyone has things to do, bills to pay, places to go, own children to raise, and so on. So being busy is always an excuse anyone can use in any circumstances. But this is good matter for our daily examination of conscience. Are we really that busy that we can't at least occasionally write a little note of thanks or give a call or to pay a visit so to express gratitude to our benefactors? or perhaps just maybe we are just too self-centered, busy in running to mind our own business. Do we, like the nine cured lepers, confidently put off thanks until tomorrow and leave the benefactor to wait because life is just too pressing a matter for courtesy calls? Last week we heard that we must love God and our neighbor. And while these nine men were running to see the priests, Jesus was left behind to enter Jerusalem to start his passion and death. So today's gospel lesson once again calls us to imitate a Samaritan. He had his pressing matter to attend to, to get his certificate of health. But first, he had to take care of a business much more important and pressing, namely to show gratitude to his benefactor.
if you have a benefactor to whom you are indebted, tell that to him that you are grateful and show your gratitude before it's too late. You know, Bishop Maguire's mother, Mary, she died this past June. Those of you of our internet congregation who don't know him personally, you see our bishop as a skillful preacher, a great teacher, a kind shepherd of souls, and especially in a pontifical mass, a dignified bishop in his mitre, staff, and golden vestments. And of course, he is all that. But to his mother, he was always a boy. To her, he could confide all the worries, and with her, he shared every happiness and blessing he received as a priest and as a bishop. They could speak with each other for hours, and she could always count on him in everything. Because no matter how busy he got as a priest or as a bishop, he was never too busy for his mother. He always had time for her, no matter what. And those of you who are parents, you can count yourself very blessed if you have a son or daughter like that. Those children who show you such gratitude when you are alive are guaranteed not to forget you when you are gone. But should you, after your examination of conscience, notice that your life's priorities might not have been what they should have been, look at the heart of Mary, Mother of God and our Mother. Did you ever notice that God has told children to love their parents, but nowhere do we read a commandment that parents must love their children? This is because the love what a parent has to his or her child is so natural that it's taken as self-evident. A mother or a father never forgets the child, even should the child forget them. And Mary is always there to listen and intercede for you, even if you have, until now, been too busy to attend her. And when you prepare for this week's First Friday, know that the heart of Jesus loved even those nine men who were too busy to come back to him. And that sacred heart, he shed his blood even for them. May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.